As I walk amongst these foundations, I see concrete into solid rock, firm and sound. I remember walking amongst the foundations of the old city of Corinth. Rubble, not so firm, not so solid and grounded. Yet Paul writes to the people in Corinth in his first letter to the Corinthians. And we learn what's good about the church. God has built for us a solid foundation, sound and firm. Jesus is the head of our church. Well, good morning. It is uh, it's good to be here. And I don't just mean be here in Townsville. I mean, it's good to be up here and have an opportunity uh, to be able to share with you this morning. I do just want to welcome our online people this morning. It is so good for you guys to join us as well. And we are grateful that you are part of the church here as well. But we are continuing on in our Firmly Founded, Safely Grounded series this morning. And, uh, and we're hoping to answer this particular question, uh, which is going to come up in a second, but it is, what is good about being who God made us to be? Now, the, the beauty of this is that this lines up exactly with the opportunity that we had to witness and be a part of Baby Paige's dedication this morning, because she uh, and her parents have declared before us this morning that they want her to be who God made her to be as well. And we're partnering in that as the church. So we have this amazing opportunity, greatest way to intro a sermon, I think, ever. But I do want to just say a couple of things. Um, there are two types of people in this world, and I am one of those. <laughs> you see, I do believe that a toilet roll, there is a right and wrong way. It has to go over the top towards you away from the wall. That's the first thing. Thank you. Yeah. And the second thing is, indeed, pineapple does belong on pizza. Okay. Thank you so much, guys. But there are a couple of types of people in the world. And you see, I think that there are people that do and don't fit. And this might annoy a few people when you see this because it annoyed me. The trouble is, sometimes I think we go outside of the way that things were made and it wreaks havoc in this world. That's wrong. <laughs> Anyone else with me? That is wrong. There is no, no, that's not fair. That said, it's really smart because you maximise the caramel value on that tart. But I do want to get into this question this morning. Uh, what is good about being who God made us to be? We're looking at 1 Corinthians chapter 9, verses 19 to 27. If you do have your Bibles with you, flip open. But let me first, before we get into it, just pray for us. Father God, we want to thank you so much for your goodness to us, Lord. We thank you that we can gather here this morning in your presence, worship you, uh, to, to love you, God, and just to experience your goodness. And Lord, we invite you to minister to us this morning, to speak to us, uh, to speak through me, Lord, what it is that you need us to take out of this morning. Lord, would you give us boldness and courage to step out in faith this morning, to be vulnerable before you. And Lord, just to uh, allow you to do a work in us today. We pray in Jesus' name. Amen. 
So flip open 1 Corinthians chapter 9, verses 19 through 27. And it says this, Though I am free and belong to no one, I have made myself a slave to everyone to win as many as possible. To the Jews, I become like a Jew to win the Jews. To those under the law, I become like one under the law, though I myself am not under the law, so as to win those under the law. To those not having the law, I became like one not having the law, though I am not free from God's law, but am under Christ's law so as to win those not having the law. To the weak I became weak, to win the weak. I have become all things to all people, so that by all possible means I might save some. I do all this for the sake of the gospel, that I may share in its blessings. Do you not know that in a race all the runners run, but only one gets the prize? Run in such a way as to get the prize. Everyone who competes in the games goes into strict training. They do it to get the crown that will not last. But we do it to get a crown that will last forever. Therefore, I do not run like someone running aimlessly. I do not fight like a boxer beating the air. No, I strike, my, I strike a blow to my body and make it my slave so that after I have preached to others, I myself will not be disqualified for the prize. Now, if you're anything like me, you'll look at those two passages and you go, how do you answer this question from those two passages? I don't know. We're going to have a go though. Because what is good about being who God made us to be alludes to something. In fact, it's, a, it's an assumption, it's a presupposed idea that God did indeed make us. And that is what we believe. As, as followers of Jesus, we believe in the Word of God. We believe what the Word of God says. And we declare that as truth. And in the Word of God, it tells us that we are created. In fact, the Bible starts off, and this will start us through to Revelation for today. The Bible starts off with, in the beginning, God created. That God created, He created all things. And then as a part of that, He created humanity. That we were made in the image of God, it tells us in Genesis. That God breathed life into us. And that we are the pinnacle of, of God's creation because up until the point where humanity was created, it was only created as good. And then when humanity entered its existence, God declared that it was very good. It was very good. And part of that is God's free, uh, fingerprint, the fact that we were made in the image of God as creative thinking beings, that we then were given the opportunity as free beings to choose to love God and do what God wanted us to do or to choose to go our own separate way from that which was given to us. So what is, God, what is good about being who God made us to be? I want to tell you this. The answer is freedom. Full freedom. We have the ability 
of choice as humanity. We can choose God. We can choose how we live. We can choose the way that we live. We get to choose what we eat and when we eat it. We get to choose how we care for the world around us. We get total choice and freedom of choice by God to live however we want to. The answer to the question of what is good about being who God made us to be is that we have freedom. But there's kind of a catch, you know, with everything that sounds too good to be true, it, it kind of is. Not in this case. But we have something before us that they didn't have. We have a board game. Does anyone know what this board game is? Okay, Catan, Settlers of Catan. This board game was invented by a guy named Klaus Torber in 1995. It's shot to the number one selling board game worldwide. It is a strategy board game. It's kind of worse than Monopoly because you get into fights more often. <laughs> but this particular board game is a build it as you go type of a board game. And you get points by placing different pieces on the board game. And you've got to get to a certain point number before you are declared the winner of this particular game. And this is an absolute tester for anyone who presses, professes to have a faith in Jesus because if you walk out of this without forgiveness in your heart, check yourself before you wreck yourself. <laughs> but in this particular game, there are things that are really helpful. And I think that playing within the rules is one of the things that is really helpful. So I bought the rules with us this morning and it's about a 15-page document for the base version of that game. See, Naomi and I got quite into this game and there's expansion packs for this game. And so not only is there one rule book of 15 pages, there are four rule books of 15 pages. Now, the problem is if you've played a game and it doesn't matter what game it is. It could be soccer. If you've played a game and somebody doesn't play within the rules, isn't it fun? <laughs> I went over to a friend's place and they'd just been playing Catan and one of the guys flipped the table. It's that serious. Someone decided to play outside of the rules and it wasn't fun for anyone. Someone decided to cut a piece of the cake and it's no longer fun for anyone. There is a catch to living freely. There is a catch to the freedom that we have as believers. And we need to play our lives within the spirit of the way that life is supposed to be played. And we need to look inside the instruction manual to get the most out of our lives. Some things are good in this game to do. And then there's some things that are just not good. That little piece there, the grey one that's kind of standing up, that's called a robber. 
Nobody likes it when you put the robber on them. It's perfectly legal to use this piece in play, but it's not really good. And we have a right to play our lives like that as well, to rob ourselves of the freedom that God gives to us in choice. Or we have an opportunity to do things that will benefit everybody that's playing that game. I think it's the same for us when it comes to our life, right? You see, in 1 Corinthians chapter 10, verse 23, it says, I have the right to do anything, and we do. I have the right to do anything. You say, but not everything is beneficial. I have the right to do anything, Paul declares again to us. But not everything is constructive. No one should seek their own good, but the good of others. You see, when you play this game of Catan and you play within the rules, you play within the boundaries, the way that Klaus Torber created this game, it is enjoyable for everyone. Even if you lose, you can appreciate how good of a game it has been. The game becomes fulfilling. The game becomes, becomes fun. And it comes alive within those four instruction manuals before us. For us as followers of Jesus, knowing the boundaries of the freedom that we have in Jesus gives us a life of fulfillment, gives us a life of fun, gives us life. And like in that 1 Corinthians chapter 9 passage, it qualifies us for this race that Paul talks about. So where do we find this? Where do we get this information? Insert instruction manual here. This is our instruction manual. It teaches us the way that we can live within freedom, the way that we play with others, the way that we maximise the value of life, the way that we all participate in the prize that God has for us, the prize of life. Someone famous said this, the truth will set you free. It's in John chapter 8, verse 32 in the Bible. Knowing and doing life by the instructions, that which has never changed over thousands of years, helps us to be who God made us to be. So who did God make us to be? I want to give us four points this morning that will help us in our understanding of this. And the first one is this. God made us to be family. He made us to be family. He gives us this picture of what it is to be the body of Christ. One body that we're adopted into God's family. And this isn't the type of family that abandons us. This isn't the type of family that just uses us. This is the type of family that is based on love. 
the fullness of love, not even our worldly twisted perspective of love. This is a full view of love, the God-given love that is caring, that is embracing, that is valuing, that puts us in the position of freedom and allows us to embrace God and live life and life abundantly. And you see, family, well, part of that is it gives us an identity. That we are children of God, it declares to us in Romans chapter 9, verse 8. And again in 1 John 3, verse 1. 1 John 3, 1 tells us how great the Father's love is, that He lavished on us, that we should be called children of God. See, this family of love embraces us. It gives us an identity as children of God. It does more than that, though. It gives us a seal because we have the Holy Spirit when we come into a relationship, when we come into this family that God creates for us and we live life to the fullest and we live who God wants us, wants us to be. We get, the seal, we get the Holy Spirit within us to teach us, to guide us, to train us, to be the people that God wants us to be, to help us to know the truth to interpret what God is doing and to live full. And we get this inheritance that God gives to us. And it describes it in Matthew 25, 34 as the kingdom of God is the inheritance that we have. What a legacy that God leaves to us. The kingdom of God. In, one John, uh, in, sorry, in James chapter 1, verse 12, it talks about the fact that we will also inherit the crown of life. That we will have life and life eternally, life abundantly. That we will live in a way that pleases God and He blesses upon blessing. The second point for us this morning that I want us to, to talk about here for a second is righteous. You see, we were made to be righteous. We were made to be free from sin. And we read that in Genesis, in the creation narrative, right? There was no sin in the garden. And that was the way that it was, and it was very good. And all of the sudden, sin enters that world and that very good gets tainted. Death enters for the first time. And we start to see the problems with humanity. We were made to be righteous. In uh, 2 Corinthians 5 verse 21 and Romans 3 verses 20 to 24 it says that Christ is the one who makes us righteous. We can't earn this type of righteousness because we're already broken. There's nothing that we can do. There's no way we can pay for this righteousness to be given to us. The only way that we can be righteous in God's eyes and be righteous to be the way that God wants us to be is through Jesus Christ. Because in Romans 3 verses 20 to 24, I'll put it up on the screen for us. It says this, Therefore, no one will be declared righteous in God's sight by the works of the law. Rather, though, the law will become conscious of our sin. 
But now apart from the law, the righteousness of God has been made known, to which the law and the prophets testify. This righteousness is given through faith in Jesus Christ to all who believe. There is no difference between Jew and Gentile, for all have sinned and fall short of the glory of God. And all are justified freely by His grace through the redemption that came by Christ Jesus. You see, this is the type of righteousness. This is the type of love. This is the type of family that God creates for us to be a part of. He creates opportunity to give us and lavish His grace and His love on us. That only through Jesus Christ can we be righteous. And that brings us to number three. That we are equipped. We are made equipped by God for life. For life in this world, God has given us all the things that we need to do to be able to be part of His family. He's given us the tools. He's given us the Holy Spirit. God in us. That's the very same God that has the power to raise people from the dead. He has the power to heal the sick. He has the power to free the captives, to break the chains that hold us back, to give life to you and me. This is the God that we have and He has equipped us and sent us in this world to do that. But we're in a war. We are in a spiritual war in this world. And so he gives us a whole lot more. He gives us the armor of God. Because we need to suit up and get ready. Get ready to deflect those fiery arrows that are coming our way. Get ready to deflect the unrighteousness of this world. To project truth. To be in the family of God, to be righteous, to be who God made us to be. And He's given us things to do as believers, gifts to exercise within the body. Whether you're musical and can serve in the worship team, whether you love people and can serve on the welcome team, whether you can make coffee and make people feel welcome in that way, whether you can have some people over to your house. See, God has given us spiritual gifts and things to use to glorify Him. So He has equipped us to be who God made us to be in this world so that we can be the family that God wanted us to be. And the last thing that I want us to press into this morning is this. You see, God made us to be eternal. In the garden, there was no death until sin entered. And He wants us to have life and life to the full. For God so loved the world that He gave His one and only Son, Whoever believes in him shall not perish, but have 
eternal life. God created us to live. He created us to be alive, not to sit around and wait for life to happen around us. He wants us to take life, to grab it by the horns and to be a part of it. It's a gift that God has given to us. And part of that is love. Being able to love God and to love others. The two greatest commandments, according to Jesus, love God and love others. But to eternally be worshippers of God. You see, God wants us to worship Him in spirit and in truth. Not just in this life. But we read in Revelation 7 that he wants to do it into the future, that every tribe, every nation will come together and be worshiping God in Revelation chapter 7. He wants us to be who he made us to be. He wants us to be eternal and to be eternally with him. See, the problem is, that we don't always live the way that God made us. We don't always do the things that God wanted us to do. Call it sin, call it disobedience. Just call it what it is. It's the things that we do wrong. And none of us are immune to doing things wrong in God's economy. We live in a fallen society. We live in a fallen world. But God didn't make us to be sinful. God didn't make us like that. Billy Graham said this. He said, In Christ alone, there is deliverance from man's tortured thoughts and freedom from the sordid habits which are destroying so many people. We need to embrace the freedom that God gives to us. We need to embrace the framework that God has put in place to give us that freedom. In Galatians chapter 5, verse 1, it says, It is for freedom that Christ has set us free. Jesus went to the cross. He died for us so that we could be made and seen as righteous by substituting our sin for His. So Jesus took on the weight of the world's sin so that in God's eyes, I can be seen as righteous. My brokenness, my sin, paid for by the blood of Jesus. Stand firm then and do not let yourselves be be burdened again by the yoke of slavery. See, the promise is this to us, that Jesus has set us free. And John 8, 36 says this, if, so if the Son sets you free, you will be free indeed. This morning, I want us, church, to live as free I want us to live as God's family. I want us to live as a life 
of righteous believers. I want us to embrace the fact that we are equipped to do this life and to live life the way that God created us to. And I want us to embrace the fact that we are eternal in God's sight. So where do you sit? Are you living free? Or is the weight of this world, the sin, the things that are happening in this world, pulling us back and stopping us from living in the freedom that Jesus gives to us? Because we need to make a choice this morning, church. We need to either choose freedom or choose bondage. We need to choose freedom by choosing Jesus or choose bondage by choosing the way of the world. There is no other opportunity. There is no other choice. Paul made that choice. That's what made him have the ability to say to the Jews, I'm a Jew. To those under the law, I can be under the law. You see, he understood what it was like to live freely in Christ. We too can live freely in Christ if we choose him. This is it for us. In Romans 3.23, it's a reminder that all of us have fallen short. That all of us have experienced and partaken in sinfulness at some point in our lives. It reminds us further into Romans that the punishment for that sin should be death. And in fact, it is and was for Jesus because he took on that punishment so that the gift of God is eternal life through Christ Jesus. And this morning we have an opportunity to do that, church. Because in Romans 10 verse 9 it says, If you declare with your mouth that Jesus is Lord and believe in your heart that God raised him from the dead, you will be saved. I want to give us an opportunity this morning, church, to live in freedom. To pray a prayer of salvation. To invite Jesus to be number one in our heart. I want to give us an opportunity to respond to God today. So I want us to all close our eyes and we're going to do this all together. This is between you and God. I want to give you an opportunity to respond to what God might have been talking to us about this morning. Would you pray with me? Father God, I thank you that you are a creator, that you created us and it was very good. God, I thank you that we are your people the pinnacle of your creation. And God, that you want relationship with us. 